Well, the Knicks beat the Hornets last night. They move up back to 500. And let's talk about it. Episode 448 of the show. Welcome to BD4, an RJ Carbone podcast. BD4, where there is no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. We also do MMA. Yanks every series, Knicks every game, MMA on occasion. BD4 is a five-star show on Apple Podcasts, also available in video format on YouTube and Spotify. So thanks for stopping by, and we hope you enjoy the show. Champion of the world, looking, see ya! Anthony for three, Creates and showing some dexterity as well with the left hand. Oh, 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 oh. All right, welcome back to the show, episode 448 of the podcast. I am your host, RJ Carbone, and this is BD4, where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. We also do MMA too. Yanks every series, Knicks every game, MMA on occasion. Uh, big pay-per-view card tonight for USC, tonight. Um, for the UFC, I, I can't speak. There is a big pay-per-view card tonight for the UFC. Uh, Jesus. Uh, I might be, I don't know, we might be doing a recap sometime this week, depending on how good the card is. I didn't think it was, I mean, it lost a couple of fights, lost some of its luster. With the cancellations there, but you know, you never know. Cards like this sometimes have potential to um, surprise you. But it's I believe was it two eighty two tonight. But um, we're not here to talk the uh, to talk UFC yet. We are here to discuss the Knicks. If we can put together uh, a competent sentence. Welcome to the show. You know where to find me. You know where to find my social media. You know where to go to find the blogs that I write. BD4blog.com. All that stuff is there. Um, let's talk. Because the Knicks... Well, they defeated the Charlotte Hornets last night. 121-102 to in Charlotte. Um, yes, was it another undermanned team? One second, I have a text. Okay. One second, my mother. I ordered food. Oh, okay. Thank you. Great. Um, just give me one second. Um, yeah, order food tonight. <laughs> um, yeah, three in a row, 121-102 in Charlotte last night. Um, yes, it was, it was another underman team. Uh, no LaMelo Ball, no Gordon Hayward, um, who, you know, usually torches the Knicks, whether he's coming off another injury or doesn't matter how old he is at this point. We'll take it, though, because, you know, we're trying to win, at least. you know We're not losers who want to tank here on the show. All right, Knicks fans? <laughs> uh, well, I'll get to more of that and why I'm more open to it a little bit, slightly, not a lot, a little later. Um, but listen, I want to win, and undermanned or not, the Hornets... We're not here to impress and flex. 
right? As the cool kids say, we're, we're, we're not some finals contenders who need to be beating top competition to show any type of indicator for success down the line. Like we're here to win as many games as possible, any game possible, anybody in front of us, we need to beat. Um, and so anything that helps the Knicks go up uh, half a point, a whole point, whatever in the standings, I am here for. Um, that's a plus. And so at the end of the day, it is about building a winning culture to me and trying to inch closer to becoming a solid team. And I think if we can continue to win, I'm okay with that. Um, crazy, right? Uh, but the Knicks, you know, they started slow offensively. Only 22 points in the first quarter. But then they started kind of rolling in the second. Uh, got to the rim a few times. R.J. Barrett, Jericho Sims. Added in sh- some shooting later in the period. Some jumpers, some free throws. The ball movement was good overall last night. Uh, but, you know, big contributions on offense from a whole bunch of guys. Um, now, all but two. All but just two of the active Knicks. In last night's nine-man rotation were in double figures. You had Randall with 33. You had RJ with 26. whole bunch of guys with like 11 points. Um, Quickly was in double figures with 10, I think. A lot of guys. First unit played well. The second unit played well. They're starting to gel. That rhymed. But, um, no, it it was good. And uh, so overall, if I could pull it up here on the screen, the Knicks against the Hornets last night scored 121 points. Um, shot the ball 38% from three. A lot of second chance opportunities too. They won the glass. Um, and they moved the ball. The Hornets were a lot of doing a lot of ISO last night. And that's, you know, when you lose LaMelo ball, that'll happen. Uh, but the Knicks... Getting almost 10 more assists with 25. Um, yeah, good offensively. And the defense. The defense was there from the get-go uh, from both units. Just pressuring ball handlers and shooters. Uh, closing out with uh, a ton of energy. The game was, I mean, it was a blowout by the time the third quarter ended. Um, and so the Knicks would win by 19 points. And, um, yeah, they did what they were supposed to do against a terrible tanking Hornets team. Um, but, yeah, I thought the defense was great. They stepped up again. Uh, the effort is everything you want right now. And Deuce McBride, man, uh, and this is going to be another game ball for him. Is it two or three nights in a row? It might be two now where he gets the game ball. He's made such a big impact for the Knicks. So Deuce McBride gets a, a bing-bong ball. We'll start off right off the bat talking about how I liked his uh, efforts. Bing-bong. Yeah, he... Um, we'll start with the defense. Crack my neck. Um... But there were there were a number of different possessions that stood that stood out to me with Deuce last night, um, just displaying suffocating defense, both on ball and off ball defense. He was just constantly disrupting players who were trying to cut into certain lanes and paths, and anticipating 
the pass, like anticipating the, the swing pass so well to where he was able, able to intercept it or cause a loose, you know, cause create loose ball opportunities for the Knicks. Um, you know, I, I recall the defensive possession late third quarter where his off-ball defense on Rogier was everything you want to see from a young player trying to hold a spot in the rotation. He was pressing full court on him. He's got his hands behind his back. Then the ball crosses half court, and he makes a quick hedge last second on, I forget who had the ball, but he hedges towards him. He pokes it loose, uh, gets the steal, runs the break, dishes it to Quentin Grimes for the dunk. Um, just plenty of things like that. There's another possession in the fourth quarter, early fourth quarter, where um, Deuce McBride was just being a total ball-hawking pest, um, interrupting an inbound pass, and he, he eventually led to another loose ball, and I think quickly jumps on it and maybe goes to Hartenstein, and then eventually RJ on the break, he ends up with it, and the Knicks get another fast-break dunk because of Deuce McBride's top-notch effort defensively um I mean between him Grimes and quickly those three guys have been so key to the Knicks stepping up lately so it's it's why we've been winning honestly teams are shooting uh, sorry 20 percent from three over the course of the last three games um but it's also it's nice to see the the amount of attempts going down to and that's credit to those three and their again their, their point of attack defense their off ball defense like if you watch them um you know and we've talked about this all year how the Nick defense has you know been over committing a lot on the drive but if you watch these guys they're not biting much on penetration up the middle you rarely see these guys especially lately um over helping and, and over committing fully to the drive. And it also helps obviously when Thibodeau throws Sims down there, kind of for that second line of defense, just in case. But these guys you can see are determined to stay on their man, stay home, and that's why you're kind of seeing much better rotations. And it doesn't look like one big messy scramble out there when guys are trying to catch up and rotate to the next guy. There's not as much cheating off your man these guys are sticking to their assignment um so i thought deuce was a big example of that last night um and he scored some as well he had 10 points knocked down a couple more threes he attacked the rim once or twice got to the line you know a lot of it was you know when the game was already over but we'll see what happens offensively but i thought his defense is it's it's why knicks fans are raving about this kid um, I, we do kind of got to, you know, like, cause he's like this, I heard somebody call him the Knicks version of Jose Alvarado. I like that. Um, he's kind of like the new Frank though, right? I don't want us to think he's going to be anything special. Um, I, I think he's playing the role that he's going to play. He's a defensive specialist. Um. He's like the new Frank Nilakina. But I thought he was great last night, and he definitely deserves his second bing bong ball. Um, and, you know, if I'm going to talk about these three, might as well go over to Quentin Grimes next. 
Um, you know, Ro- Terry Rozier, who Grimes was on a lot of the game, did finish with 24 points. Uh, he did shoot 52%, but a dozen of those points came in the fourth quarter where the Knicks entered the fourth up 20 points already. So Grimes, I don't think he played longer than three minutes in the fourth. So when Grimes was on him in the meaningful portions of the game, is <laughs> sorry, I literally had to pause the recording there because we were about to crash my, my, um, I don't know, my screen just got a little choppy there. Where were we? Um, yeah, he, his defense on uh, Rozier was excellent. Um, and he did a nice job when he was on Washington and Oubre for certain durations. Uh, you know, it's impressive to me, man, how Grimes can defend up a position as well. You know, he, he held his own, he's held his own down low in the post on PJ. Um, he also had six rebounds down there. You know, and, and his offense was good last night too. Um, Grimes scored 11 points. He shot four for eight from the floor. A lot of off-ball scoring with him, and that's literally perfect for this system. You know, with, with the mid-three and RJ Brunson Randall mainly dominating the ball, it's important to have Grimes who can, he continues to score off of cuts, you know, but he can he can drive. He, he's had a couple of drives in the half court last night. Uh, fast break finishes, some finishing in traffic, that nice dunk. He gets a lot of left. He's, he, he can display some athleticism here and there too. Uh, but his finishing is pretty impressive, man. It looks pretty smooth. Um, I've mentioned he's got a really great touch when he's finishing off a cut or driving and finishing at the rim on the ball. Like his, his finishing is pretty good. Um, mainly, I think he'll be a 3 and D guy. Uh, but the jumper was off again last night. We'll see. You know, he's flashed some good shooting games lately. Um, But overall, since returning to the starting five in 10 games, he's averaging 10 points, five rebounds, and about two and a half assists with one steal, one block, and one turnover per game, shooting 49% and 33% from three. And he's about a plus four in the box score. So that's in the last 10 games. So he's played very well. Um, I thought Mitchell Robinson played good. His effort down low last night continued to stand out. Um, Six points, 13 rebounds, one steal, three blocks. He was a monster on the glass once again. And I hope that we continue to see these types of efforts because they can sometimes go underappreciated with Mitch. You know, um, seven of his 13 rebounds were on the offensive glass, of course. And we talk about that so much. Continues to, he continues to provide second chance opportunities for the Knicks, um, and you know, and for himself, for that matter, as we saw on that one possession with those second jumps, um, Mitch kept getting those offensive rebounds. But you know, just six points uh, for him. But uh, you know, I do wish we got him some more touches at a pick and roll. Uh, the Knicks run the pick and roll a decent amount, but they never usually finish them uh, with their big man. And it's usually our guards or our wings finishing the pick and rolls and not usually our bigs. You know, I, I just can't help but to think that if Tibbs was more creative and used guys like Mitch, Ovi, Randall, 
in the pick and roll more, in the short roll more as finishers, I feel like this offense could be more efficient. Um, but nonetheless, Mitch is, is giving them a very strong effort. Um, three really strong efforts in a row, I believe. Um, so he was great. Um, Randall, I guess we'll talk about Julius. He gets the, the bing bong ball amongst the starters last night. Bing bong! You know, I got I got a credit Randall last night. 33 points, 7 rebounds, 2 assists, a steal, a block, just 2 turnovers. Shot 9 of 21, 4 of 10 from 3, and 11 of 14 at the stripe. Um, yeah, he's been pretty hot, man, and you got to give your props. His jumper has been on. Um... He was finishing in the post at the rim, at the line a ton last night, just dominating P.J. Washington, um, just being super aggressive. Uh, but most importantly, lately, the defense has been there with Randall. The energy on that side of the floor has come. Um, and that's, you know, that's why we've been winning, honestly. You know, a lot of games where Julius is going to put up numbers doesn't always translate into wins, right? Because he doesn't play and put forth a ton of effort on that end always. But it's the defense lately that's made the winning impact. Um, his only cons last night, I'd say the rebounding was less than stellar, um, and he wasn't super efficient from the floor. But overall, I thought he was still the best one on the floor last night, though that can be debatable with the way that R.J. Barrett played too. And R.J. was very efficient. Um... 26, 7, and 4 on 9 of 18 shooting, 7 of 8 at the line, and 1 of 3 from 3. Playing above the rim last night, man. Had a few dunks. Um, I think an and one dunk was in there. Um, he was scoring. He was facilitating last night, too, which I loved to see. Displaying some very nice passing in a number of ways. A couple of hockey assists. Um, he had some nice passes to Randall too, where he kind of just slowed it down and, and, and went ISO. So he didn't get an assist for it, but his passing was good in the half court pick and roll passing. And he had some nice in full court play, had a couple of nice transition dishes with his head up. Um, but what I liked most importantly last night about RJ Barrett's effort was that he wasn't three point happy, right? Now he started very slowly. He, he was over four. Three of those shots were jumpers. Two of them were from three. So I was kind of thinking, here we go again with his chucking, just spotting up and shooting it just because he sees the defenders cheating off him. But then he started taking it to the basket, and very aggressively too. That's when the dunks started coming. And I think he had one point where he made seven or eight field goals in a row. But, yeah, I, I love the fact that you know not just he was efficient, but why he was efficient, right? He shot 50%, and he took 18 shots last night. And of those 18 shots, 16 shots came inside the paint. 12 shots were inside the restricted area, and only three of those shots were from three-point land. And he also finished with eight, three, uh, eight free throw attempts. So he was being very selective and attacking uncrowded areas in the paint, and that's why he shot the ball so well. Um, now, the defense could have looked better. Uh, again... Some blow buys with slow players, but uh, aside from the defense and maybe getting stripped, being lazy on a play, 
at the elbow there. But aside from those two things, I thought it was a positive effort from Barrett. Um, it was a rare night where both R.J. Barrett and Julius Randle played strong games together, right? Um, going on, uh, who else played well? Hartenstein, I thought, did a nice job last night. Um, I almost gave him a bing-bong ball because I felt he deserved it. Um, but Deuce, I think it's, I think he, he deserved just a little bit more. Um, Brunson kept struggling last night. Maybe something's up with him. I, I just think he's banged up. Um, maybe a little fatigue, maybe you know, both. He just looks slow, you know, not attacking the basket with that same burst and, and quickness that we saw in the first 20 games. Um, I, I think he'll be okay. Um, but I do know one thing. He's he's not going to be getting any rest anytime soon for it. Um, but Thibodeau does deserve some credit, people. right? I mean, if we're going to bitch and moan when he doesn't play certain role players more, um, then we've got to credit him when he makes smart adjustments too. And you know, I, I don't love going with double bigs there uh, now that Obi is hurt. It's kind of ugly, and it's old school. Uh Kind of, you know, it's, it didn't look great in the first half, but I guess last night you can get away with it in games when you're playing a team who has, I don't know, six, seven wins. Maybe in the future, I would rather see like RJ Barrett play up at the four and go small because you, when you play tougher competition, you're going to need to be able to move a little quicker and space out the floor more in the half court. Um, but I will say there were there were some good things that came of it. It wasn't all bad with both Sims and Hartenstein out there. Uh, there was a possession, I forget when, but you had the Knicks were using Sims in the right corner. And Sims' defender was rightly cheating off of him towards the paint. But the Knicks then used Sims as a screener in, in, uh, in DHO with maybe quickly, I think it was. And it paid off. So, obviously, you had some moments there uh, where it was a little, you know, too, too spaced together. But the Knicks did use him as a screener a couple times when his man cheated off him. And it was able to uh, give them some easy opportunities. But, um, I mean, if you didn't, you know, if it wasn't confirmed already, last night was the nail in the coffin for Cam Reddish ever playing a single minute again for the Knicks. Um, he's as good as gone in my book, but I will give tips credit, man. You know, the, the rotations, the rotation changes are working. Um, so far so good. Every time tips has went to nine men, it's seemed to pay off. Um, the defensive energy seems to be up a few ticks. Um, he's got the team playing hard again and the ball movement is back on offense the last few games, right? Now, the question is, are the Knicks truly finding an identity here? Um, you know, are, are they getting their defensive grit back? Or is this just another random hot streak, right? That every team is bound to go on at some point. Like there, So there are two ways to look at it, right? You can say the Nick defense has stepped up and they are making clear changes in their effort, you know, and the communication's better and the intangibles are there and, and stuff like that. 
doesn't have anything to do with the opponent. Or you can simply say that they're they're only winning because you know, simply winning games can make it look like all that stuff is improving. Right? Like they have been catching some breaks, let's be honest. Cleveland was missing a ton of wide open looks um, when they played them a week ago. Uh, and they were also without Jared Allen. Uh, the Hawks, they are a mess. And they had a load of injuries. You know, no Murray, no Collins. And Charlotte, last night, they had a load of injuries as well. You know, LaMelo Ball is a big deal. Gordon Hayward's a big deal. They're a seven-win team. They're not good. So, I personally think it's the latter. Um, I'm not so sure they can keep this up. I just, I think they're simply a 500 team. Like, all these wins lately, three in a row now, and they're still just 500, right? I don't know. Like, like I'm pretty positive that Randall isn't going to continue to drop 30 points and play defense and be well-rounded as much as he's been lately. Same with R.J. Barrett. I don't know that he's going to continue to be... I don't know that he's got to be more consistent all of a sudden. Like, this doesn't do enough for me yet to buy in. Um, these are, like, kind of preseason rosters. and I don't know. Like, Randall's supposed to be dropping 30. He's making $120 million. But I get it, right? Again, like we said at the top of the show, you play who is in front of you. And we're just trying to improve in the standings here. Uh, but what I am saying here is I, I will credit them for these wins. But if you're asking me if, if I think it's sustainable, I'm not so sure. It just means we're back at 500, and, and that's probably where we're going to be the, the remainder of the year, give or take. Uh, but hey, they did say on the MSG telecast last night that the COVID Knicks were also 13-13, and 13, 26 games in. So you never know. Uh, but yeah, I, I say just stay the course, though, right? Just stay the course. Um, I, I will say, and this is why I, I wanted to touch on about Randall earlier. Uh, I'm sorry, not Randall. Uh, well, yeah, about tanking and, and, and there, there's so there's been a lot of talk around the fan base about tanking, and there's also been a lot of talk about moving Randall now that he's hot again. It, me personally, I don't know that his trade value is going to change much, uh, but I get the idea of trying to move him. Uh, cap room, right? It gets us closer to freeing up. It gets us closer to freeing up uh, an open spot for a true great player, like a true number one option. And you know, like the other half of Knicks fans who are pro Randall, whatever you want to call it, um, they get angry at this idea of trading him because they're kind of stuck in this middle school fans mentality of good versus bad players. But the Randall thing isn't about that. When people want to move Randall, to me, it should be about salary cap, right? It should be about getting closer to the top four in the draft. There's still this simple-minded 13-year-old's mentality where people think the pro-trade Randall crowd wants to trade him because they think he sucks at basketball and the Knicks would be miles better without him. That's not what it's about with me. That to me is like a such a non-educated, very simple-minded thought. Like this is a 500 team, and it's most likely a quick playoff exit at best with Julius. 
They have a roster of 15 role players and not one single star to build around. Think about that. Most rebuilding teams at least have one star that they build around. Detroit has Cade Cunningham. OKC has Shane, Shea Gilgis-Alexander. Um, Indiana, they've got now Tyrese Halliburton. Houston, uh, Jalen Green is the kid's name. The Knicks don't have one, in my opinion. I don't think RJ is a number one option. I don't think Julius, he's certainly a solid secondary, maybe tertiary option, but he can't be a number one. We all know that. Who the hell are we building around right now? It's not Brunson. He, he's decent, but he's not it. You know, at least when we sucked, we had Chris Tapps for Zingas to build around. So we still need a building block. You know, that that's the next step. That's where I can understand some of the talk about moving Randall's contract. You know, where I disagree with the tanking crowd is specifically rooting for the team to lose. I will never do that. And honestly, I don't think that Randall being moved takes too much of a hit to the team's wins and losses. Um, I think with him right now, they finished maybe 37 to 43 wins. I think without him, the rest of the way, they may be finished with 31 to 36 wins. Like, there will be way worse teams than that. Um, I have kind of fell off the OB boat, too. Uh, I think he's also a role player. Um, we can give him more minutes, but I just don't think he's that good. I don't. So, all in all, I wouldn't hate moving Randall, but I would maybe wait until the offseason because right now, like I've been saying, I say we should try and win as much as we can. Build a, build closer to a winning culture and attract attention around the league from GMs and up the value of some of these young prospects we've got to make a move for the next disgruntled star. That's on my mind. Um, I, I can see the tanking people, why they have good intentions. I don't think that's a good idea, but I like, trading Randall doesn't mean you're going to tank. Because, I, again, I, I think he's a very give-and-take type of player where his numbers aren't always as good as they look, you know. But I'm kind of rambling here. So bottom line is just keep winning. And I think if you keep winning, good things eventually happen to you. So that's that's my take on it. Um, hey, uh, let's let's finish this up. Let's go to break. And then we'll wrap it up with our uh, parlay and then our trivia. All right. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hey, guys. So if you are a listener of the podcast often and you want to know where to find me on social media, you can find me on Facebook at BD4. You can find me on Twitter at BD4Pod. And you can also find me on Instagram at Rob J. Carbone. BD4 is located on many different platforms. You can listen to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, and if you do there, be sure to give us a five-star rating and review. You can listen to it on Spotify, but you can also watch the podcast on both Spotify and YouTube. BD4 is available on many other platforms as well. All you got to do is search it up. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and much more.
We also have a website now for BD4. If you go to bd4blog.com, you can find the blog, the podcast links, and also where to find me on social media. Just go to bd4blog.com. Studio 69 Productions is a podcast production agency created by Leo Rodriguez to allow content creators to market their podcast. It's an online platform that will market your podcast or any other project that you're working on. Get in touch with Leo Rodriguez from Studio 69 Productions. You can find Studio 69 Productions on Instagram at Studio69NJ. Studio 69 Productions, where dreams are heard and born. Alright, welcome back to the show, episode 448 of the podcast. I'm your host, RJ Carbone. You are listening to, or maybe watching, another episode of BD4. The Knicks win third straight. Um, did I? You know, that sounds really weird. Like, the, the wording on that sounds terrible. <laughs> Knicks win third straight. No, that sounds about right. Um... Let's get to our parlay. Let's get to that. All right. So, welcome to RJ's parlay where my degenerate self breaks down tonight's big parlay. If I miss, it's not surprising. If I hit, I'll probably lose it all tomorrow night because that's how this works. Welcome to RJ's parlay. Uh, This was yesterday's parlay, so it's already done. Um, And I did not finish, or I did not cash. Um, I had a five-pick parlay uh, on the Milwaukee, this was last night, Milwaukee Bucks Dallas Mavericks game. We had Milwaukee covering the plus nine and a half alternate spread. We had the alternate over at two fourteen and a half. We had Giannis going for forty five plus everything. Same with Luca forty plus everything, and then Hardaway Jr. going for fifteen plus everything. Um, some of them worked. Some of them did not. Uh, I, I cash. Oh, I didn't cash. In, I didn't cash the parlay, but I did hit. I was correct. On the uh, alternate spread, on the over/under, on Doncic, but I did not get Giannis 45 plus points, rebounds, assists. Neither did I get Hardaway Jr. 15 plus. Giannis would have had it, but he fouled out. Um, Hardaway was stuck at eight and four for a while, so lost a plus 200s bet. Uh, I'm about to place one on this UFC card coming up, so. Let's wrap this up. Let's get to our trivia, and we'll wrap it up from here. All right. So, episode 448 here. 
our NYY, NYK, MMA trivia question of the day is, before Jalen Brunson named the last Knicks point guard to average over 20 points and 5 assists. Alright. Let me know the answer wherever you can reach me. Before Jalen Brunson named the last Knicks point guard to average over 20 points and 5 assists. Alright, one last time. Before Jalen Brunson named the last Knicks point guard to average over 20 points and 5 assists. Now when I say over 20 points... 20 points counts. All right. Uh, but not rounded. Has to be at least 20.0 points per game in a season as the Knicks point guard. And then five assists or more. All right, guys. That's it. I will see you in the next episode. Uh, 449 should be out this weekend after the Knicks take on the Sacramento Kings, I believe, on Saturday. <clears throat> Saturday, not Saturday. Uh, Sunday. Today's Saturday, right? Today's Saturday? Yeah. Today, uh, today, Jesus Christ, tonight is Saturday, December 10th. Um, I should have the episode out tonight. Um, I can't fucking talk. Uh, if, if I don't have it out tonight, I'll have it out December 11th, tomorrow morning. So, that's it, guys. Thanks, and I will see you then. Episode 448 is in the books, and I will see you in the next show. Later. This episode was brought to you by Anchor.